0: And welcome to another episode of Rainbow Road. I am your host, Travis Ryans, and joining me again is my co-host, Mike Dineen. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great.
1: I'm doing fantastic. And joining us again is Aton Shalman. Aton, how you doing, buddy? I am good. I am humid and sweaty, and uh, I need a shower, so I'm ready for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there is no picture of the recording booth today, guys, because there is no clothes. I know it is too hot for that. It's not
1: happening.
0: <laughs> and joining us for the first time is Andrew Orsi, uh, formerly of Good Game, Great Game, the podcast, as well as an acapella performer. We are so excited to have Andrew. Andrew, thank you for joining us. Hi! <laughs>
2: I'm also, just for the record, I'm also super sweaty, and I just showered, and boy, I need another one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a perfect setup for what we're talking about today. So, Mike, uh, a couple weeks back, we were doing the Last of Us episode, and you were talking about the, the core fantasy of certain games, and you were talking about how in Last of Us, your core fantasy was having a father. So, this week, I have set us up to play <laughs> Dream Daddy. <laughs> Dream Daddy is a dating simulator game released in 2017 and was the first game developed by Game Grumps, better known as a comedic YouTube channel where the hosts stream less plays of various games. You play as a father to high school senior Amanda as the two of you move into a new neighborhood across town in the fictional Maple Bay. And oh my stars, wouldn't you know it, the cul-de-sac is just filled with hot, queer, mostly single dads. You have seven daddies to choose from and you can go on two dates with each of them before committing to one daddy on the third date. Each daddy has multiple endings based on what dialogue choices you've made and how well you performed in the various minigames. Dream Daddy has become a viral success, both in its sales and in its crazy social media coverage. So that's why we are covering it today. It is a dating simulator, which is something we haven't really talked about on the show very much, which is kind of interesting because we're all about, like, you know, queerness. Mike, do you have any history with dating simulators?
3: No, you know what? I've never played a dating sim before, so I I truly had no idea what I was getting into. Like, I I remember in the mid-2000s, there were a lot of dating sims around, especially if, oh my god, I'm dating myself here, but on on Newgrounds and stuff, I remember them floating around. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, I remember that being all the rage, especially for a lot of the, you know, the folks that i hung out with back in high school but you know what no i never i never played a dating sim so this was a, f- a fun experience and not only uh f- fulfilling the core fantasy of being a dad but having several dads to to interact with
0: yeah i'm so glad that you mentioned Newgrounds because i, I thought i was going to sound like a freak saying it but that's like my only experience with dating sims is when i was like 13 playing some very heterosexual dating sims that was before i had sort of realized what pornography was and that was pretty much all i had and that was my introduction to the genre and have not touched it since so this was a very interesting experience jumping back into it again um do you have any
1: experience with dating sims no no this was my first one that i'd ever played um it was i i I mean maybe i'm jumping ahead but it was a lot of fun i felt like i was the bachelor
0: And you also told me about um, another one that I should check out called Coming Out on Top. Yes. Which I didn't even realize actually came out before Dream Daddy.
1: Oh, I didn't know that either. But uh, yeah, I'd seen people play Coming Out on Top on YouTube. And that one is uh, a lot more mature. It's saucy. Yes, it's it's uh, saucy and and naughty.
3: <laughs> because I've never played a dating sim, I I didn't know what to expect in in that exact way like when i got to the final date situation i was like is this a rated r game like i am is this gonna get really like is this gonna get pornographic like i didn't really know but it was just kind of like a beautiful story you know like it it didn't I, i wasn't sure if i if how graphic it was gonna get or how like i i really didn't know what i was in for but yeah let's andrew what Yeah, what's your experience? Um,
2: I'm I'm similar in terms of like Newgrounds is my primary experience with dating sims. I think I remember playing like (laughs) a very very over the top like Tenshi Muyo themed dating sim on Newgrounds, perhaps something like that.
3: Sounds Japanese, (laughs) what? What was Tenshi Muyo? Yeah, it's
2: Tenshi Muyo. I believe is if I'm remembering it correctly, it's an anime where basically this like kind of shy esque guy has a bunch of large breasted women just crawling all over him. Uh. It's it's that sort of really, really just um, strong, powerful cultural statements type of anime.
3: Yeah, dripping with realism, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, 100%. Um, and definitely not <laughs> just living out some heterosexual fantasy that doesn't exist. So I definitely remember playing that. Um, and that is my only experience. I had seen like, Mm, 10 minutes of, like, a Let's Play of, of Doki Doki Literature Club, which I think is another anime, like, heterosexual dating sim, but I was so bored that I just moved on. Oh, um, do you know then, what happens in Doki Doki, though? I've heard it gets weird in good ways.
0: <laughs> weird does not even cover it. It, <laughs> it Like, I, I don't I don't know how to describe this for our, our listeners without spoiling it in case you guys wanted to check it out. Um, yeah,
3: they start breaking the fourth wall. Yeah,
0: it
2: gets Oh, I get Oh, weird. I'm here for that. Super that's weird. my kind of weird. Horror is my thing.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think you like that maybe that's a little more accurate to your dating experience. Oh, um, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I've
2: had one sex dream in my entire life and it was sex with a woman and it didn't go well. <laughs> I was in pain afterwards.
3: Oh. In your
2: dream? Yeah, I think it was like a subconscious sort of thing. This was before I came out. I think it told me what I needed to do with my life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about dating sims, but I mean oh, right, right, yeah, right. and
3: we're also talking about Dream Daddy, and that ha- that has the word dream in it, so we we're still relevant. We're we're on, mm. yeah, on top. We're totally
0: there. This is all trying to go back to a much more grounded, realistic experience than I think we've talked about on other games in the show. You know, Apocalypse and Galactic and, you know, whatever. I'm curious, what is sort of the best and worst dates that each of you have been on? So, Andrew, starting with you.
2: I, I like that I'm just now imagining you on The Last of Us episode asking, what was your best and worst Apocalypse experience? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, dating is dating's been weird for me. Um it's in this thing of like I came out as like bisexual, and then I switched to gay in college, and then I sort of like started exploring the idea of pansexual once I moved to New York, and then recently now I identify as asexual but still gay. And there's so there's a lot of complications in myself at figuring out who the heck I am as a queer person. Wait, <laughs> okay. So
3: hold on, I, I'm trying to figure out who you are as a queer person. So wait, you said you're <laughs> you're you're
2: gay, but you are you identify as asexual right now?
0: Yes. So that would be like homo romantic, or
2: uh, I would say I'm pan romantic, and I am. Uh, a homosexual, asexual, oh, okay. it's very complicated in the sense that like, asexuality can still exist. Like, it's simply a lack of sexual attraction, but you can have aesthetic and like sensual attraction, which are different. Um, and I do still have those and those are primarily towards men. So that's why I still hold on to the gay label. It's a very complicated thing. It wasn't until I did research on it that I was like, oh, Fuck yeah, that's me. Okay, <laughs> it's
3: amazing how we can like stumble across these labels in just the zeitgeist or in the social atmosphere and be like, oh yeah, like I get that. Like that's my vibe. That's where I'm at right now. And then how that can also change over the courses of our lives too is like
2: so fascinating. Yeah, when I found the actual, like, here's a breakdown of the different ways asexuality can work. I was like, oh, I feel like I've been trying on a bunch of queer blankets and my toes have been sticking out of all of them, and this one covers my toes, finally.
3: <laughs> no longer will you wear metaphorical sandals. <laughs>
2: right, but it's also, it's it's the kind of thing where it's a label that I think is only helpful for me in terms of communicating what I need in a relationship, because, like, I'm not going to go on a first date with someone and, like, necessarily say I identify as ace, because most people think, like, oh, well, you're never going to have sex. And I'm like, that's not really what's happening. Like I've had a uh, three year friends with benefits things in the past. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm incapable of sex.
0: <laughs> Do you feel like you had a, like sort of a unique experience doing a dating sim? Like, especially cause I was expecting dream daddy to be a lot more, well, sexual yeah. than it ended up being, um, having never played it before
2: to a degree. Yeah. I yeah. think like with dream daddy, the, the nice thing is that I am removed from it. I never have to physically be there. And because I think aesthetic attraction is my strongest thing. This is the thing where it's like I don't ever have to participate in anything. I would like to follow through with these relationships. Cool, very cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, so that's like colored my dating life in a lot of weird ways. I don't. It's weird that I can't think of my best date ever. Um, I definitely have a couple worst dates ever.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's good. Yo, know, No, Andrew, talk about your worst dates because I, I couldn't think of any of my my worst dates, but I can I could remember some of the better ones. Great. So. We're gonna we'll compliment
2: each other then. Yeah. You, good. Yeah. Um yeah. so it was just a thing where we like didn't click clearly. Like we were at this dinner for an hour and I think we maybe talked for like 10 minutes of that. It was a lot of sitting in silence. Oof. But at one point we talked about Pokemon Go. <laughs> I don't remember why it came up. Because
0: you got so bored on the date that Clearly, you it Clearly,
2: that we just pulled it up and started playing. Um, but we, it was the one moment of like, okay, we have some excitement. Maybe this is going to go somewhere. Literally, all we ended up doing was doing one trade in Pokemon Go, and then that was the end of that conversation. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God. And so I
2: still have like a Heracross oh somewhere on boy. my Pokemon Go file from this dude I went on one date with.
0: <laughs> I mean, at least you got like a regional out of it. That's yeah, good. I
2: guess there's that. Yeah, the Pokeball is happening. So it was like, yeah, we're just trading regionals. Bye. Never talk to you again. (laughs) I couldn't think. I
3: was, couldn't think of my worst dates, which is maybe a good thing. I guess. Um, I just. I feel like maybe I've blocked them out at this point. It's just like they're so <laughs> traumatic that I've just been like, well, I'm going to forget that and throw that in the mental trash bin. But I remember one of my best dates was one that I had facilitated. I was very proud of because. Do you remember when uh, like flash mobs were kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. One of the events that was organized was a. Uh, like a fast food fine dining experience where a bunch of like improvisers and actors we had sort of Um, assigned each other roles so certain people were going to be like waiters one guy played the violin so he was going to be like the entertainer Uh, and the plan was to then take over uh, the McDonald's downtown just at Spadina and Bloor uh, in Toronto here and turn it into a fast food fine dining experience by throwing like white tablecloths over all of the the tables in the McDonald's (laughs) and like putting roses down and like and then having waiters in like suits bring the food that's being ordered to all the customers and stuff Uh, I would say that my best date was was bringing someone to that experience they had no idea what they were walking into and uh it was was just sort of like it was very magical maybe because of how transient it was but i would say that was that was probably my best data experience nice
1: very cool what about you it's um let's start with the negative uh uh andrew is similar to yours in that it like getting conversation out of him was like pulling teeth. That's the worst. Why do, Why are you even going on a date at yeah, that point? Yeah, what's it's happening? Like it's probably- yeah, he told me he was a good listener but like, <laughs> really really, really good listener. That's the new red flag. Um, he's just really doubling down on that identity. <laughs> um, and he seemed so much more interesting before we met in person. He just told me that he got back from a trip to Japan uh, and I was like, okay, let's go to a Japanese restaurant because you like Japanese culture perfect and so uh when the waitress came over he uh spoke to her in japanese oh Oh god and she gave him a blank stare and she's like oh i'm i'm not japanese Uh. and i was like i (laughs) want to die (laughs) the dinner ended um i obviously wanted to go straight home and then he was like you know i i had a i had a really really good time with you and i was like really and he's like yeah do you um do you want to go back to my place and I can give you a hand job?
2: Oh. <laughs> I just like how direct and forward that was after he wouldn't say five words on the date. No, that was actually
1: the longest <laughs> sentence he probably strung together. Yeah. But also,
0: like, I love how specific it is. It's not fool around. It's yeah. this specific sexual act
1: I would like to engage in. But first first base, first and a half base. <laughs> uh, I would have at least gotten something out of this hour and a half, but um no, I turned it down. I said I had something something to do. Uh, oh, and a- as for best date, it's cheesy, but it's probably the one that I got proposed to on. Aww. It was at his dad's farm, and it was at Sunset, and it was on the top of a hill, and it was really nice.
3: And then afterwards, did he
1: give you a hand job? <laughs> oh yes, yes. But uh, that's as far as we'll go. Still, it's been almost—it's been over nine years. But uh, waiting for marriage. Huh? I'm waiting. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Waiting for marriage. I'm, I'm still waiting to see what his ankles look like.
0: <laughs> I, I actually had a similar worst date to you. I was trying to pull conversation out of him, like just desperate. And do you know how bad it is when I stop talking, like? That takes a lot <laughs> for, for me to notice that I'm not talking like that. It does.
1: It does. It really does.
0: I think the greatest part was when I was just like, I, 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 we were trying to talk about something and I, I think I, I ended up on childhood experiences or something and he mentioned how he was like attacked by birds once as a kid and now he has like this fear of birds and he got super uncomfortable and I'm like okay Travis pick a new topic pick a new topic and I notice he's wearing like a three-quarter sleeve and I see like a little tattoo poking out and I'm like oh cool that looks like it's watercolor my friend's been looking to get a watercolor tattoo can I see what it is and he's like yeah sure and he lifts it up and it's just birds Oh. I'm like, oh, really <laughs> trying to live out your fears here, huh? Like, trying to trying to face them. And he just kind of had a confused look on his face as he stared down in his arm. And he went, yeah, I, I guess I never really thought about it before. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, oh, it's tattooed
2: man. on your arm.
1: <laughs> what do you mean slug. you
2: thought about it? I, I prefer to imagine that he wakes up every morning. And, like, when he's, like, before he puts a shirt on, he kind of, like, turns over. And he's like, whoa!
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: every day. Every day.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think of best... Um, I'm not sure if my boyfriend's even going to let me tell our first date story on, on the podcast. Yes. Oh God, he wants me to. Okay. I'm so sorry if my mother-in-law is listening to this. I love you dearly. We met at a church group. I'm sure. <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, we, it was a grinder hookup, and it was supposed to be nothing more than that. Um, but we, after meeting and you know uh, other things, um, we ended up talking for like five hours. What I think?
1: other things? What other things? Holding
3: hands.
0: Yes, holding hands. Thank you, Matthew. That's what it was. Nothing else. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking, you know, he's so cool. I've got to spend time with him again. But I was also acutely aware of a significant age difference between the two of us. So the entire time we're walking back to the elevator, I am neurotic as hell because I'm me. I want his phone number, but oh, he didn't bring his phone with him. Crap. So that means he has to give me his number. I can't give him mine. But then what if he has to think of a fake number? Or he doesn't feel comfortable saying yes to me. Wow, you
3: make me feel so much better about my brain, Travis, honestly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. As I was uh, going to the elevator, I went, you know, this is really cool. I don't know if you'd want to like hang out again sometime or whatever. But if you want my number, um, it's on my business card. And he just glared at me. And he's like, I just sucked your dick. I am not taking your fucking business card. Give me your number like a normal goddamn human being.
3: Yeah, call me. I'll we'll have my secretary set up a <laughs> yeah, meeting.
0: Exactly. It was a business doing pleasure with you, sir. <laughs> uh, and those are our best and worst states. I can't believe that's how uh, I ended this. Oh, okay, moving well, on to a new section. You,
2: you uh, reminded me with nice. that ending of the other worst state if you'd like me to get into it.
1: Oh, please,
2: please. <laughs> Um, so this was, date's a strong word. It's, it's like a, it was, (laughs) so I went into this club and this guy like across the bar, he did this weird, like, you know, I, I assume all of you know what I mean when I talk about the gay stare. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh, what, what's the gay stare it's the i'm interested in like you stare? stare oh no it's very different okay. it's it's like a fixated <laughs> there's
3: no countdown yeah, it's a
2: fixated non-blinking stare that says sex oh. and if you give it back you say sex so like <laughs> i may
3: have been misreading stairs my whole life
2: um so i walk in and he was one of the first people that gave me a gay stare but he it was like maybe the most intense one i had ever received Like, the brows were just a little bit furrowed, the eyes were a little bit too wide, and the neck definitely, like, craned off to one side. Ah. So, it was, like, this really intense thing, and I, like, even for me, going after someone that night, I was like, ugh, I don't know if I like this. (laughs) 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 Basically, there were, like, Uh. four other guys I had sort of picked who rejected me that night. In one way or another. And by rejected, I mean, we didn't speak. They just stopped the gay stare. Um, Tragic. And so eventually I look back over and it was like he had this psychic sense that I was looking at him again. He turned back around, furrowed brows, eyes wide, craned his neck again at me. (laughs) I've never felt more like it was like an animal mating call than in that moment.
3: (laughs) You hear a jaguar growl in the back of your head.
2: Yeah, pretty much. So I, I was like, you know, all right, we we get in the cab, and then we go back to his apartment. But as we're in the cab, he's talking a little bit too... Like, I'm not the biggest fan of, like, intense dirty talk, and I especially don't like it in a public setting. And he's doing it in the cab oh, where yeah. the cabbie can definitely hear it. Oh. <laughs> so that was, like, that was happening, and I was sobering up. So, like, really just a bad combo of things happening. So we got into his apartment and, you know, like the initial like foreplay things kind of happened. And it was just like, I was sober at that point and he had turned me off in the cab. And then he was like, hang on, I'm ready, but I've got to pee really quick. And I was like, okay. So I'm just sort of laying there naked on his bed and he goes into the bathroom to pee. And I like had this moment of just, all right, I could just go. <laughs> Did you go? So, Did you leave? Yeah. I just, like, like, I just put my underwear uh, on and, like, put my pants on and shoes on and then was, like, putting on my shirt as I just snuck out his door, very quietly closed it, and then, like, ran down the hallway to the elevator and just left.
0: Wow.
2: (laughs) So, it was also probably the worst date for him, and I do apologize that, like, I was absolutely sort of a dick in that moment. (laughs) Like, I could have at least spoken to him and just, like, used words to say I'm no longer interested, and then we could have gone from there, but, um... No, I just left. I did a real life ghosting.
3: Yeah. Wow. I wonder if he walked away questioning. He's like, was that a ghost?
2: <laughs> was he even real? Did I crane my neck so hard that I imagined him? Yeah. So now he's
0: worried that the cabbie thinks he's been dirty talking himself the entire way home from the club. Yeah. We flash
3: back to see that all of the scenes, he's just alone the whole it time. It was an M Night Shyamalan movie. I was just describing an M Night Shyamalan yeah. movie for you. Wow. Yeah. You were the twist.
0: <laughs> Guys, I, I did bring another guest on, right? It wasn't just Eitan. Like Andrew's here, right? You can, (laughs) okay so i think this is the longest we've ever gone without actually getting into the game so i'm gonna jump back oh yeah wow yeah so let's go through daddy by daddy and talk about uh the various romances and relationships that you can go on we'll start with your old college buddy craig a terminal case of bro Used to be uh, a dumb frat boy and is still you know kind of a dumb
3: <laughs> frat boy, but like, watch what you're saying because I I went for Craig. Okay, so yeah, also, also me. He okay, he got <laughs> responsible. He was very selfless as well. Like he was very like I'm putting others first. And he had this crisis. Like his whole conflict was like, oh, I'm like putting all these other people in my life before myself. And what I found about that connection. Ah, uh, to be very endearing was that it was like this beautiful sort of like positive reinforcement moment of like, oh no, you're like you're doing a great job, man. Like, just don't forget about yourself. Reward yourself, like to to make yourself feel good. You you know you're not just a pillar of your own like little community and little world. So. Yeah. What was your take on on Craig?
2: I had well, so here's the here's the fun part. I. I was just sort of like trying out the daddies at first and just trying to make my actual pick. Mm -hmm. Who do I want to be like my first experience as the real one I went for? And I go for Craig and I had a great first date with Craig at the softball game. Perfect date. And then I go and we lose Arnold, the capybara stuffed animal. And I ran out of time. River started crying and the date ended. And I got like a C, And I was like... I don't think I can romance Craig anymore. I failed him. <laughs> 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 like I literally just gave up on Craig. I was like, no, I can't do the Craig romance until I can do it right. So I went back after I finished my initial daddy and made a brand new one to restart with Craig and do it properly. Wow.
3: wow. That's so, that's, you wanted to do this digital character justice. Yeah, You're absolutely. like, I'm going to do right by you, and Craig. And I wanted
2: to have freaking brunch with him. <laughs> <laughs> i definitely like the weird thing with me for craig is like i absolutely have an unhealthy attraction to the bro types still like it's why i have fallen for straight men in my life and it's been very tragic for my emotional state <laughs> but like there's definitely a little bit of that fantasy in my mind of like the straight broy friend from college that it just happens with somehow and like that is a little bit of what Craig ended up feeling like I actually was like terrified through the third date because like there's the option to look at his butt. And besides that, there was nothing remotely like sexual. Mm -hmm. So for me, as Mm -hmm. a kid from high school in West Virginia, where like you do anything remotely gay, you get beat up immediately. I was like, this is unsafe. Like this is a dangerous situation with a straight man who is open. But the minute I'm doing something sexual, who knows how he changes? I'm not okay with it. And it, it it literally felt like that up until we got into the sleeping bag together, like at the end of the date. Like it was, it was definitely this just like trepidation kind of thing. And then once it happened, I was like, great. I don't know if this is a realistic scenario. I think this was me just living out a fantasy with a straight man kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> But I still, I still hold on to him as a very strong choice. Like he was very sweet.
3: There, there is that moment also when you're at the waterfall and then he kind of just like, Oh, okay. I think we should go back now. And then I'm like, no, I want to keep jumping off the waterfall. Mm-hmm. And I did that for like several times uh-huh. before I was like, I wonder how far I could push this before he would just kind of snap. Um, I didn't, but oh,
0: do you, do you know what happens if you keep pushing it?
2: You snap. I, I do really? Like, like yeah. you like, <laughs> like you die. You die. Like you die. Oh
0: shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hit the rocks below and you oh, bleed out, no. thinking what will happen to Amanda.
2: Oh, Mike doesn't even know how close to oh, death he came. So
0: right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm curious, Andrew. After you guys got into the tent, did you leave him in the middle of the woods all alone? <laughs>
2: And just drive back to town? No, I absolutely did not. I stayed there very much so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Craig can get it. Here's the thing. The weirdest thing that I'm attracted to of all the specific things I'm attracted to is an eyebrow with like a scar cut through it. I don't know why, I'm but I with love you, it. I'm yeah, 100% it too, with you.
3: Actually. I kind of wanted
0: yeah. to emulate so
2: that. That, was, that. Craig was a thing for me. Mm.
1: Anton, <laughs> hey, I once tried to convince you to do that and you weren't having it. My eyebrows are kind of my... The the only defining feature of my face, so I, I I'm too scared to fuck with him. <laughs>
3: it's, it's one of the, it's a yeah. selling point. It's like people people fall for A 10 because oh, of his eyebrows. Oh
1: yes, they're the fuzziest, warmest, friendliest caterpillars you'll ever meet. When he gives the
3: gay <laughs> stare from across the club with his penetrative gaze,
2: it's not even the he doesn't even use his eyes. The eyebrows do the staring. Yes, <laughs> I like to let my eyebrows do the
1: talking. <laughs> For me, Craig wasn't one of my first choices simply because, as Andrew put it, you don't even know if there is any romantic chemistry on his end until like the very last moment of the third date anyway. So I was like, uh, I really don't want to get rejected by this person that doesn't even exist. My, my <laughs> fragile, fragile ego can't take it. So uh, I went with somebody that I at least got the vibes that um, the feelings were mutual.
0: Cool. Very cool. All right, so moving on to our next candidate, bachelor number two, Matt, with one T. Uh, he is the barista at the Coffee Spoon, I think it's called, his um, his cafe that he owns. He's a musician. Uh, he has a daughter named Carmencita.
3: And he's got dreads, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, Matt was the canonical playthrough as voted by Twitter. Um, I already was kind of torn between Craig and Matt, so that's why I decided to like sort of throw it up to Twitter and let them decide. Um I (laughs) failed because I failed the minigame where you're trying to make it back from the concert. Oh, no. (laughs) I did so badly. Uh, I I don't feel like the minigames
1: are super well explained.
2: Yeah, no, they're not. I didn't know for a second what I was doing in that minigame. And the fact that I made it to the end of it was a miracle.
1: Yeah. Can we talk (laughs) about the minigames for a second? For me, that's the glaring weakness of this game. Yeah. Some of them are fun, and I like how they play it off as super random tasks and it's a game, but like they do not explain how to play them. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of thrust into them. As for me, it was especially the jogging
2: simulator. That was, I did not I was like, understand oh what was happening. I
1: don't know. <laughs> it like what looked is like it happening. was a
2: race because there was all these names, but I couldn't go faster, and sometimes I would just stop, and I was like, why do I suck at this? Yeah, I figured it out, but like.
1: Man, the most of the mini games are are rough. The skee ball one, I was a fan of.
2: Yeah, I feel like the only ones that I liked were Brian's mini games, which is strange because I didn't love Brian as a character. So, like,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Brian is the first one. You get the Pokemon battle with him, right?
2: Yeah, that was yes. That was excellent. Yeah, I, yes. that's when
3: I, I, I kind of that was my moment where I realized I, I, really was gonna enjoy the journey of this game. Yeah, and I was playing with my partner at the time, and he's like, "No, just flee! Like, don't, don't, you don't, don't do this bragging business." I was like, "Okay, you're, you're a much better person than I am." Yeah. Did
2: yeah. any of you actually manage to? beat brian yes what on my second go round when i went when i created the new daddy to to get with craig Ooh. you had to start off with bragging and then i think i pulled out amanda's report card which like did a bit of a bunch of damage and then once i showed the like little picture of her like child art or whatever i healed some hp and i was like oh i have a chance now <laughs> uh, what happens if you beat him um it's just it's, he takes it very well and you get mad about that yeah it was about right
3: it did anyone else i felt like craig matt and brian uh were like the only three viable dad candidates in my mind because it felt like the rest of them like robert Damien, hugo and joseph just felt so cartoonish that they were not like real Real really i didn't have that experience
2: no i
1: i i just i agree with everyone but you (laughs) (laughs) i actually uh, yeah no i actually uh we're not onto him yet but i'll just say that i actually really grew to like damien a lot
3: same yeah yeah i think damien's my favorite honestly oh man you know maybe i should have gone on i didn't go on a single date with him
2: see that's the thing i perceived damien as cartoonish until i started going on dates with him and i was like oh my god Uh uh-oh I like him a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All
3: right. Th- this is begging for another playthrough because I'm I'm sort of curious to experience what you experienced. Can, what? Yeah, well, yeah. You know, what? don't spoil it because I'm. Yeah. yeah. We'll
2: get
0: to him. Yeah. So let, let's keep going with Matt. Um, I did go all well all the way. I did do all three <laughs> dates with him, and because I failed so miserably, uh, he rejected me, and I was like, oh, <gasps> oh no. But I was actually so excited. <laughs> okay. And he was like, I think we're just better as friends, and I'm like. Yay.
1: (laughs) Ouch. Matt was my first choice as well. I really grew to like him learning about his backstory with his mom and how he used to play an instrument. And frankly, a big factor that ruled out at least half the dads for me was their children. (laughs) Personally, I find children uh, disgusting uh, already. (laughs) uh, Same. So that like immediately ruled out Hugo because his child is a nightmare. It uh, put Damien back a couple of steps because his child is almost as bad. Joseph has four children and is married. So we're going to get into that one later. And so like what really brought it home for me was the fact that his daughter was like, a. actually, they they didn't give her too much of a personality, but um, she seemed like a nice, normal Child. So I was like, all right, Matt is the one for me. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't uh, turn me down, despite the keyboard minigame, which, what the fuck was that? I'm pretty
2: sure there's not a way to lose that one, though. I yeah. sat there and didn't play yeah. an entire round of it, and it still got an S. So I was like, cool, great. <laughs> it's the effort that counted, even if you didn't press a single key. Yeah,
0: You were playing, what's it, John's 314 or whatever? That, that musician that just didn't play music for three minutes and called it art? <laughs>
2: yeah, and it worked, apparently. It inspired Matt enough to get up on stage with me, so there you go. Bless. Uh, Matt is actually... Actually, also the one I chose when I failed with Craig. I like dark hair. I like some muscles. They both have those features. You know what I mean? Like Matt has kind of that cool hipster vibe. But then also when you talk to him, he feels like he's socially awkward. So I was like, oh, you seem so cool. But also you're super freaking relatable. Uh Uh-oh, I'm into it. Yeah. And then to top it all off, he ends up being a musician. And like for me as a musician, I was like, well, okay, I definitely. Yep, I'm in. I'm in. When I can like draw Matt into, like, playing the guitar again in the second date, I was like, I'm sold. That's it. <laughs> Matt is sproing. Yeah. Sproing AF. Yeah, Matt yeah. is very sproing.
1: 100%. What, what is sproing? Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> just, it's Just think of it as a sound effect. Sproing. Oh. Yeah, 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 There you go. <laughs> there we go.
0: Sproing. Okay. yeah, yeah. So then we move on to Brian, who we've talked about a little bit already. I'm a little bit curious because, uh, Mike, you said that you considered him like one of the most viable options?
3: Uh, not. I wouldn't say most. I would say one of the more viable options. Okay,
2: because <laughs> I, I I couldn't stand him. I'm interested as to how you don't perceive him as cartoonish, but some of the other dads are.
3: I don't know. You know what? Maybe because I feel like I know someone who's kind of like Brian, who like I just ah, kind of okay. contend mm. with their hilarious ego. I think if there was a bit of realness there... Yeah, also just, I like, you know what I like? I like guys with a bit of meat on them. So <laughs> he kind of, he kind of put the bill in that one and he was the only one that did, so. Yeah, I don't know. There's
0: there's a lot of things that like kind of upset me about Brian. Like the, I know those gays who try to flirt by like negging and by one-upping and stuff like that, which Brian doesn't really neg. He just one-ups
2: himself. I also think he's oblivious to a lot of it.
0: Yeah, he is. I mean, especially if you go on that third date, you find out that that's really the case. Yeah. But like also, and this is just, a height of self-esteem and shallow and whatever, as a ginger man who has more of a belly than I want to, I was
1: not going to date Brian and be reminded of that fact. (laughs) I was
0: not going to stare that in the face and be like, okay.
1: (laughs) You know, speaking about body positivity, I do like the fact that they offered a suitor with, um, not a male model body type. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and also in your building your dad as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you can make your dad trans, I thought was uh, super yes. inclusive and an interesting choice. And I, I, I wish that they made one of the suitors trans.
2: They did. Uh, they, did. they did.
1: They did?
3: Yeah, that I heard that. Yeah, that one of them is secretly trans. We'll get
2: there. Oh, <laughs> Not okay. secretly, but... it's yeah, yeah, I mean, he says it. It's just, it, it is also a missable dialogue option. Like, if you pick a different one, you don't ever get that piece of information, I think. Oh, well, I missed it.
0: Well, we'll, 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 we'll get yeah. to him. Um, but then, how did you guys feel about Brian, though?
1: Um, uh, well, he was literally the last person that I picked, only because when I was choosing who to go on a third date with, I was like, my character doesn't even like him as a person. Why would I yeah. pick mm. him to go on the third date with? I did really like the development and what you learn from him in the third date. And I was like, I really did come around to him in that final date. And I was like, oh, I could really... I could really see his side of things. But um, yeah, It, it for me, it, uh, as in my playthrough, I was just like, I don't even like him as a person. Why would I choose to spend more
2: time with him? Although it ends up your third date, I don't think you actually necessarily choose to spend time with him. You just go to a fair and he's there. Oh yeah, and your daughter's, it was it was a setup anyway. <laughs> Good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the point that I will make in Brian's favor is that I actually love Amanda and Daisy's relationship. Yeah, that is super cute. In terms of like a kid that is normal and also that like, creates a good family, potentially, with my kid, that's definitely the strongest one. Fair.
3: Yeah, that's a very good point. Mm, yeah, they mesh really well.
2: But then I also love that, like, you can actually choose to hate Brian so much that you can die on your third date with him. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: yes. Okay, so, Mike, I'm guessing you didn't see this one either.
3: There seems to be more death in this game than I...
2: <laughs> yeah, I...
3: Just, I feel like I'm very oblivious to all the times I nearly met my demise.
2: What I will say about, about Brian is, like... <laughs> So, full admission, I made three dads for this game in my playthrough. <laughs> the first one was like my first dad who I was intending to, to get with Craig, and then that failed, and then I went with Matt. But I also used that dad to explore most of the other relationships. Um, but for those that don't know, there is a cult ending with Joseph that I was curious to yes. experience. So I built a dad specifically to do the cult ending with because I was like, I don't want this to feel like a dad that I'm super attached to because I don't know what happens in the cult you ending. I want a throwaway dad. Yeah, I wanted a throwaway dad. And then I also said, all right. And I think that my relationships with Brian and Robert are very unhealthy. So I'm also going to do those with the throwaway dad. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian got with my throwaway dad. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. <laughs> what, what did you name your dads? Um, My first one was just. I don't even remember his last name had ass in it. That was like I just put the word ass <laughs> in there. Right. Um, and then my ultimate, my my final dad, who I identify the most strongly with and went the hardest on, is um, Benny Fitz. So that any dad who met us was automatically friends with Benny Fitz. <laughs> Ooh. Dad pun. <laughs> Andrew, I love you. It felt right. <laughs> I just named mine Himbo Jones. I saw that and that was also wonderful. <laughs> it was just it was stupid.
0: I had nothing okay so that is Matt that is Craig that is Brian that takes us to Robert so did any of you guys actually end up dating Robert because you can totally miss his storyline even by dating him quote unquote
3: it's another uh, one of these situations where he just kind of reminded me of someone that I knew in real life yeah same and so I just kind of was like I wouldn't want to date that person In I, I don't think I want to simulate a, dating this archetype you know so I, I did I skipped out on Robert did, did anyone go on a on a date with him
2: I actually did both versions So So my first dad slept with Robert on the first encounter with him, (laughs) which, and if you you take up his proposition and you sleep with him that first night, you cannot romance him. You lock yourself out. Um. Um, The first date with Robert, he literally doesn't even answer you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's literally just you texting him and waiting around the house and you never see him. The second one, you just go over and have sex with him again. And then the third one, you have the option to go over and have sex with him one more time. And then... It's not an ending. Like, you don't get an ending with Robert if you do that.
0: And, like, he he kicks you out each morning. Like, yeah. he has zero respect for you. And he loses respect every time you sleep with him. And
2: every single time that you get to an end game with a different dad, you, like, run into him. You're like, why are you so cold? And he's like, I thought you knew what this was. We were both using each other. And I was like, oof. <laughs> so, oof, oof. So that's, like, the one option. So then in my my Craig dad, I made sure to not sleep with him so that I could actually go through. And, like... <laughs> Robert reminds me so specifically of a person I know in that it was uh, the man that I was in love with for my entire time in college. Oh, damn. Unrequited love. Let's be clear about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We would like sit down, like have late night conversations for hours and hours with like this emotional depth to them. Much of the other time he was kind of off-putting towards me. He would bounce around from like girl to girl, like dating girls and then just sort of dumping them and most people in the theater department like hated him and said he was kind of like just using people's hearts and like breaking them and I was sort of like but I've seen his deeper side oh like that was always (laughs) my thing and then the minute I was sort of starting to get over him he would like come up to me and say things such as like hey next semester like I think you and I should do a gay scene together. And I was like, what is that? What does that mean? (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) And it would just pull me back in like every time. What a little mind fucker. Every
3: time I think I can get out, they just pull me back in. Yeah, it was this
2: really, like he was clearly a person who didn't have his emotional life together. Mm -hmm. He liked the attention. And I do think we had some kind of a connection. Like he came out to me as bi senior year, finally. Nothing ever happened, but like, um, so yeah, Robert reminded me a ton of him just in the sense of like, Robert is dealing with a ton of emotional baggage. He's very closed off, but then you'll get that one night with him where you go out and all of a sudden it's, like, really deep and you have this connection and it feels like this really good thing. But then he goes right back into, like, emotional baggage mode.
0: Yeah. Eitan, did you do anything with Robert? or?
2: Uh, Yeah, well, I, uh, with my daddy, I went back and did all of
1: the uh, final dates with all of the dads. Uh, He was one of my last picks. Um... Uh, I'm first of all I'm pretty fortunate to say that I don't have anyone in my life that I could connect somebody like Robert to. <laughs> I'll consider myself lucky you know, he gave you so little to almost nothing Mm -hmm. that I couldn't see that much dramatically changing with our relationship. If I went on this third date with him and yes, he actually does open up to you and tell you about his personal life and you meet his daughter and this and that. But I was like, this seems like way, way too much hard work. Well, and he, you
2: don't even end up actually getting with him. Yeah. He, he ends up, which I mean, I, I agree. I I, I think it's the mature decision on his part and shows that maybe you actually did get through to him. Yeah. Yeah. he's kind of like, I need to get myself together before I put you or anyone else through this. And yeah. I appreciated that.
0: I really did yeah. not want to see an ending with him where it's like, you fixed me. Right. I'm like, no, <laughs> that is unhealthy. Like, That's not how
2: people work. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, I did like how emotionally fulfilling it was. And I, I found it very interesting. I just, I didn't want to have to wade through all the bullshit to get there i didn't even bother on my playthrough i had no interest especially because i'm finding like you're the one who propositioned me and then you're gonna lose respect because i said yes so i had no interest but my boyfriend went through and he did a playthrough and he he tried to figure out what the fuck was going on with robert and once i saw that i I actually thought this was really cool i just wish the developers had given me a little more to make me want to find that out because i had so little interest Uh, until seeing the final product.
2: I think that was Um, the thing is he was supposed to be like the mysterious dark one that you're drawn into, but like he wasn't aesthetically my type enough for me to actually be drawn into that. So then I was like, meh. But yeah, I mean, like I I found the connections with him really endearing once you got them, but it was, it was, he was, he was one of those guys that you kind of have to pull teeth on the date to get to the conversation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) God, we've been there. I wonder if he has a tattoo of birds on his
2: arms.
3: (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Right. We don't ask about tattoos. That's one of the dad tips that comes Mm -hmm. up. Don't ask someone about their mysterious yeah
2: tattoo
3: oh i love those dad tips they were great and yes. then there's a wikipedia page with all of them uh if, if anyone's interested oh i should
0: check that out yes uh so moving on next in line is damien uh damien is a goth victorian enthusiast
3: not edwardian yes
0: not edwardian it's very specific um, strictly and
1: don't call it a cape <laughs> yes it's not a cape, It's a cloak, it's a cloak. Luke. Yes
0: he's more of a goth in the traditional sense as opposed to like the scene emo kid um, from Hot Topic, although you do meet him at a Hot Topic <laughs> ripoff called okay, um, is it, Dead is Gotham it Was Beyond. it a
3: Hot Topic ripoff or was it, I, thought, I felt it was like a Spencer's Gifts ripoff.
0: I listened to the the lead designer talk about it at GDC, um, uh, the Game Developers Conference. She has this fantastic talk where she talks about sort of the memeology of Dream mm-hmm. Daddy um, and she specifically references Hot Topic when she's doing <laughs> it. So I, I think that's kind of what they were going for. To um, talk
3: about memes, I love that moment with Amanda, your daughter, where you're like, can you explain, Memes to me, like all memes, (laughs) and and I'm like, oh my god, it's me.
0: there is no better feeling in my job than when I'm working with a bunch of people way younger than me. And I'm supposed to be saying, okay, the scene is lit and we can move on. And I just look around at everyone and in the most dad voice I can be like, it is lit fam. <laughs> and then just watching them all cringe and turn and look at me. Yeah, I think <laughs> like, I just
3: cringed over here. Like very deeply. So satisfying.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Damien is an enthusiast for his hobby and his, his that culture and things like that. And uh, as you get to know him, you find out why it appeals to him and what he finds interesting about it. And, Damien is the trans character oh, you ask him why does he like uh, the Victorian goth aesthetic so much and he says I really like having this style I really like waking up in the morning and getting to choose between my different cloaks my different hats and my different binders and that is the tip to the audience that I am trans and I use a binder mm. oh
1: I totally read that as like uh School
2: binder. I don't know. I'm a dummy. (laughs) I do think. I do think it's the kind of thing where, like, an unversed audience in like terminology that has to do with trans people probably doesn't pick up on that in any way. And I almost think that that's kind of fine. I think this is a form of trans representation that's actually very healthy, where it is a character who is trans that is not a major part of his story in any way. There is no reference to, like, a dead name or anything. Like, none of that has to happen. We don't reference any of the trauma that may have been associated with early life related to that specifically. Like, it's just a very healthy, like, here's a normal guy who is living out his life and happens to be trans. Exactly.
0: And he's not suffering from being trans.
2: It is a right. really yeah. sort
0: of aspirational uh, life that he leads. He is middle class, living in the suburbs, with a kid. It's not this trans suffering that we're used to seeing. And I th- this is a little thing, but I also really liked that... Um, I would say that, you know, Damien's old enough to have a kid, um, Mm -hmm. presumably has been out for a while now and is presumably wealthy enough to afford top surgery, but for whatever reason isn't doing it. Now, maybe it's because he doesn't feel safe or maybe he just doesn't need to. That's not something he feels like he has to do. Uh, And I kind of like that, that it's not creating this essentialist version of what a trans person is and how a trans man lives their life. It speaks to maybe a slightly broader idea of what we consider trans as well, because there are the true scums who think that the only way to be trans is to completely medically transition, have all of the surgeries, you know, do this, that, and the other thing. I, I just thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah, I very much agree. Yeah.
0: Aitan, what did you think of Damien?
1: Damien was a very, very, very close first choice for me. And I went on a big journey with him. Like when I first met him at the dead Goth and Beyond or whatever, I and he had his sort of, hissy fit about the right shirt or not i was like fuck to the no absolutely not not for me no 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 no. thanks karen uh but then as i got to know him and um he sort of gave me insight on the victorian lifestyle and why he chose it uh not that i assumed that he wasn't intelligent but i i was like oh he has a lot of insight he's really sweet and sensitive and he's not as much of this goth caricature that I thought he was going to be, it was just his kid being a handful was the only reason that I didn't pick him in the end. But I I really liked his last date, where you learn that he's an IT guy, that he considers himself secretly boring. And I was like, oh, that's really relatable and really, like, normal and human. And I... I did not see myself connecting to him as much as I did at the start of the game. So I, I really liked Damien.
0: Yeah. And I think again, that, that ending also speaks to like, I'm dipping my toes into something that is not my lane here, but from what I've read online of other trans people looking at their experiences with Damien, feeling the need to perform something to meet up to a certain expectation, even if it's something that you like and care about, there are some people who as, after they transition feel the need to perform a certain femininity or masculinity of Uh, whatever gender that they've moved into. And the idea that you don't necessarily need to perform in a specific way, you can just be you and that's enough. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you are totally goth or if you are, you know, a complete IT tech nerd or whatever it is that being you is important and that you can have different facets of yourself. And that doesn't mean they are different versions of yourself that it all still makes up who you are. Um, and also just the idea that he likes people who are passionate about things. Like, I love my dearest boyfriend over there uh, because he loves what I love. And, you know, he is so interested and in lets me talk about Kingdom Hearts, even though he has zero interest in it, but will still let me ramble about it. It's, it's really sweet. Um, Mike, you said you, you weren't really that interested in Damon. Was it just because
3: he was kind of a character to you or? Uh, you know, after hearing you guys talk about him, I, I'm worried that I didn't pick Damien because he just kind of reminded me of my teenage self now. <laughs> yeah, it was uncomfortable for me. I I was just like, I can't, I can't do it. And And it's like, now I'm regretful because I feel like like I'm shallow because <laughs> I'm just like, oh God, I can't, I can't do this.
1: Give him a chance. Uh,
3: well, now I, now I want to, it was really just that initial like Victorian versus Edwardian thing. I'm like, oh gosh, like I, I can't even with this <laughs> I had the
2: same initial reaction. Like my, my first thing was I was like, he's like a joke character. Clearly he's supposed to be the like, ooh, in case you like a goth guy and like, it's not going to be serious. And then I went into the dates and I was like, oh, oh wait, he's one of the most heartfelt characters. Oh crap. Yeah. yeah.
0: I I really ended up liking Damon. I also feel like he's the best for the community because he like helps Ernest Mm -hmm. become better and more responsible. And like everybody wins in this ending. It's really nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's move on to the next character, which is Hugo or huggo as I like to call him. He is Amanda's school teacher is also a nerd. And we find out later that he also has a secret fascination uh, with wrestling. Oh, what was his name going to be? JD Slamminger or something? Yeah, JD Slamminger. <laughs> JD Slamminger. That's it. That's because
3: of the catcher in the rye reference, right? Absolutely. Yeah. His, mm-hmm. yeah. his
0: finisher move is the catcher in the eye where he pokes someone in the eye and calls him a phony. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
3: that was, that was Hugo. What did you guys think of Hugo? Uh Mike? I did not go on a date with Hugo, but I, I, I liked him. I, I think I just naturally, I like teachers. I don't know why. Um, Travis, did you, did you go on a date with Hugo? I, I did.
0: I uh, We had very different sort of opinions between my boyfriend and I. I felt like Hugo was a watered down version of Damien. I felt like he was also a nerd who, um, uh, who had a, a secret that he wasn't actually that nerdy after all. And I felt like everything that I saw in Hugo, I just liked in Damien better. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend felt like it was kind of a, a, an inverse of that, which I didn't uh, see at first until he pointed it out to me. Uh, he said it was more like um, Damien was trying to perform this crafted, you know, identity that didn't fit in with the norm and was trying to perform it so hard. Whereas Hugo was trying to perform his normality so hard, like the, the boring teacher persona, mm. and then uh, mm. secretly had a, a weird fascination. So mm. we both kind of got different things out of it. Uh, What about you, Andrew? How did you feel about Hugo?
2: Actually, going into the game, before I spoke to any of them and had really thought of anybody, I think Matt and Hugo were like my top two choices. I tend, Like I said, I tend to like tall, dark, and handsome. And like, you know, the dark hair and dark features and glasses also are a thing for me. So I was like, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then I am a nerd and I'm like a book nerd and blah, blah, blah. So there were a lot of things with... Hugo that I was just like, I'm going to relate to this guy. He might be a person I have too much in common with. So it's the kind of thing where we're like too much the same person to actually be in a relationship. I think I just want to be friends with Hugo and have him be like my hot friend. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, I understood the whole like, oh, I'm supposed to be a teacher, blah, 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 blah. And it's like nerdy that I'm so passionate about wrestling. And like, you know, I see a bit of like what Matt is saying with the idea of he's like performing the normality of like, oh, I'm supposed to be a professional in this teacher role, and yet I just have this passion for this other thing that feels out of character for this job in society but like when you encourage him to be okay with that it's really endearing in a lot of ways so i thought it was cute i liked the romance with hugo
0: okay good
1: it's well, on what did you think well with hugo i do agree that just seeing all the dads on paper physically hugo was the sproingiest sproying <laughs> <Yes>. daddy <laughs> of them all very much. personally that very like, we know what that means. holy yeah. moly um i was very into hugo but i found that The connection just wasn't really there. I thought date number two with Hugo at the uh, trivia night was cool and like the cheese puns were funny, but um, as a romantic connection, it felt just a little bit forced, but physically
2: sproing yeah i feel that very much too because like i remember the moment that i was suddenly like oh whoa okay i got feelings again about hugo was on date three when there was the option like you're trying to hide him from the kids and there was the option to hide him under your shirt and the way that they described him being pressed up against your body was like okay i'm back in here we are but
1: it's so (laughs) late yeah it it was so late late. Yeah. yeah so
0: this brings us to our last and probably most controversial daddy joseph
1: Oh, sorry, yes. sorry.
0: Uh, Joseph is a youth minister at the local church. Joseph is uh, <laughs> married to Mary with uh, four kids. The Christiansons. It is not subtle <laughs> uh, by any means. <laughs> What did you guys think of Joseph? Hmm. Mike, you want to start with you?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, point of interest, when playing with this game, I, I played it with uh, my partner and a friend of mine. And uh, for a good portion of it, we were doing the voices of all the characters okay. uh, <laughs> as we were playing through the game. And Joseph was my favorite character to, to voice because... I kind of just made it. I was like, I was like, uh, oh, I'm Joseph. Like, I oh, kind <laughs> of back to the bottom. <laughs> and we me meet my wife. Here are my kids, and they vivisect stuffed animals in the forest. And, you know, like, so he, to me, by being so, like, weird, and he was the most fun, but I, I didn't romance him all the way. So you were saying that he has a cult ending, right? Yeah. Yeah. So is it like a Midsommar, like, ari aster kind of like
2: so the cult ending is it's like when you get on into it you have the option to not go into it and it is very clearly like there's a disclaimer that pops up and says this is something that we decided to try we like horror films we like these kind of things and we wanted to do this we understand that it's kind of messy and like experimental and this shouldn't be considered canon in any way but if you want to see the cult ending that you've heard about here you go. Click this, and you can <laughs> go see it. So, so it was like a,
3: it was like a Dream Daddy expansion pack. Yeah, almost. I think
2: it, originally when the game was released, it was in the code, but there was no actual way to access it. And now the way to access it is like a very specific set of like I did two dates with Robert. I did two dates with another dad and then walked Mary home, and then I did all dates with Joseph. And, like, that is how you have to make it happen. <laughs> oh, it's the, it's the up, down, left, right of, of Dream Daddy. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, exactly. that, yeah. it's that.
0: Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> Joseph turns out to be a satanic maybe eh, cult leader who is trying to... He's been killing off all of the partners of the dads in the neighborhood um, so that he can, like, feed off of their depressive energy or something. I.
2: I don't know. Yeah, it's not fully fleshed out motivation. <laughs> yeah,
0: but basically he's been the one killing it off so that every, all of these dads are single and eligible um, and he's trying to sacrifice you now uh, because you know too much and you have to pull out a knife that Robert gave you and Mary ends up saving you and sacrificing Joseph to their demonic spawn children who are
2: not actually her children. It's... It's weird. Yeah. Like it's super weird. Sounds like it. And then she brings in Detective Saul Daddy, who's been on the case for a long time. It's weird. Like this big guy named Saul who's like this big bulky dude and he sort of almost flirts with you at the end. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is I missed out on another bear. Yeah. Yes.
3: Gosh, dang it! Uh. <laughs> yeah, can,
0: can you bear to deal with it?
3: Oh, uh, dad, uh. dad jokes. You know yeah, <laughs> that's one of the things about this game is that I walked away from it with my own personal scripts being slightly different than they were. Like, I definitely like I had this like dad humor contact high <laughs> <laughs> which I think I, Travis I think you're still being affected by
0: no this is just me this is just who I am <laughs> remember I chose the name for the podcast at Rainbow Road like uh, this has just been a yeah. downward slide of puns ever since
3: you're right No, but you know I, I love puns though I when I was playing the game the, there were so many puns being made and I, I just turned to my partner and I was like oh I feel so seen <laughs> <laughs>
2: these puns are my representation
0: yeah exactly right mm-hmm. but yeah so Joseph even if you ignore the cult
1: ending is still just just a shitty person hey hold on he, he brought you cookies at the top though don't forget they were the bad business. cookies okay uh, now it's time now it's time for eight this is like all right. <laughs> So I'm going to take you through my emotional journey that Joseph led me through. Okay, so it starts with him introducing himself as the youth minister. Eh, Not really my thing. But then you get to know him. And he's like, he dreams of this like margarita zone where he can just leave all of his responsibilities and just relax. And it's like, oh, I really like that. He has a sense of humor. He's actually kind of a cool guy. And I was like, all right, I could definitely see myself going on on this third date with him. Robert shows up, warns me that he's kind of a scumbag And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it takes one to know one Anyway, moving on So then (laughs) we go on the third date He tells me that he actually has feelings for me And that he and Mary decided to end things Because he's been miserable forever And it was not working for a long time And foolish me I'm like, all right, good enough for me So then we sleep together And everything's great the next day And then when the game ends Like a chump He tells me that he's going to take Mary back and he needed this experience with my character to realize that Mary was the one for him. Uh, Bitch, excuse me? How dare you? (laughs) I
0: don't know if it was the same in our playthroughs, but mine was slightly different. It wasn't even... He needed this to like know that Mary was the one. It was more our relationship is so important to the community. It would really
2: hurt the town to Ugh. know that our marriage fell apart. I feel like I got that they were focused on the kids and being okay for the kids, too. So I don't know how we all got three different things.
3: <laughs> well, I think the one thing you can all agree on is that is that Joseph was overestimating his importance. yeah, in well multiple regards.
2: okay I don't it's not that I like the ending. It's very abrupt. It's a very abrupt shift back into him being like, no, never mind. I'm going back to what Mary, but like, there was a future life for me at one point that was Joseph's life. Like, there was a time that I thought I was going to like, be a religious pastor. And like, those were things that almost happened for me. Yeah, And I know people who are Joseph in the closet in a marriage that it's like, it's probably not right. Um, You seem unhappy. Like, there's a lot of parallels I make with Joseph to people who I actually know who are like, a little bit over the top in terms of how overly positive they portray themselves. I think in a compensation for some of that, who now at this point have had kids and are are holding on to things to make it work for the kids, but will absolutely see you a gay person and flirt with you a little too hard because that's what they are, I think. Yeah. So, for me, there ended up being, like, actually a lot of depth to Joseph because I had all these real-life people to relate him to. So when it got to the end, I wasn't necessarily comfortable going on the third date with him because even throughout it, you're sort of like, he's married, he's married. And like right before that, once you have the second date with Joseph, it sends you to a bar scene where you see Mary and she kind of lashes out at you. And the most you can get in terms of reconciliation with her is like, I I see you're having trouble and I'm really sorry. And she just kind of goes, I'm sorry for both of us. And it was like so sad. Uh, (laughs) It really is. So I didn't like the whiplash of then he says he's done with Mary. And like, I mean, the sex scene, it's probably the most sensually described of the starts to a sex scene that you get with any of the guys. Honestly, like when he talks about how you're running your hand up his back and like blah, blah, blah. So there it was it was kind of cool, but like I didn't think it was very nuanced of him to then just like sit down with you and be like, never mind, I'm going back to my wife. Thanks for being mm. a pal, <laughs> like kind of thing. <laughs> but what I did kind of appreciate at least was that was the one ending where it got flipped so that you go to him before Amanda gives you the present. Yeah. So at least you get a heartwarming end with Amanda, so you're not just left on a, like, boop boop badoop doop finger guns, bye! <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can also make that party even more awkward. I mean, first off, Mary just stares daggers at you, because yeah. she's still at the party, even though they're breaking up. Yeah. But also, if you did both the dates with Robert, he calls you out at the party for ruining everything yep. and then you have the option to call him out right back and be like get your shit together Robert
2: yeah it's a whole <laughs> the the Robert Mary Joseph thing was maybe the most interesting NPC character interaction just because like you don't get that many NPC character interactions with depth yeah and that was at least a story there <laughs> well yeah because like Robert and Joseph did hook up at one point Joseph led Robert on and now Robert's good
0: friends with Mary and he clearly feels a lot of guilt about that but also he's protective of Mary yeah and doesn't want to see you ruin that relationship like it's, oh my God, what a mess. It's, it's, it's really there's cool, a whole actually.
2: It's very messy. It, it was intriguing to me in its messiness because it had so much depth yeah. and I just like story with depth to it and I wasn't expecting to see any of that in this game. Yeah. Just like emotional messiness to that level. So I appreciated that. And I will also say in an LGBT game, it would be very easy to take Joseph's character and overplay the character of like religion and of make course. it negative and blah, blah, blah. And they did not take that route. And I appreciated that.
0: Yeah. Even when he rejects you at the end for the various reasons that we seem to have discussed. <laughs> <Right>. It's <laughs> never the church's expectations or his religion's yeah. expectations or his God's expectations or any of those things. Yeah, It's his own shitty choices that are leading him to this. So Exactly.
2: Like, I think that would have been a lot harder for me because a lot of my queer trauma and coming out trauma is from religious experiences. So to have that be why I'm rejected, I don't know that would have like brought anything up but that would have hurt a little bit more <laughs>
1: right I, I will say just for the game in general I was not expecting much and I was very very pleasantly surprised with just the wit and the puns and how in depth they actually went with most of the characters also your relationship with Amanda was really heartwarming and I yeah, thought really mm-hmm. well done just with the writing in general I was very impressed and um, pleasantly surprised with how, how well just the game was written in general yeah,
0: I I was expecting a lot of double entendres and sex scenes and dad puns. Like, I, I really didn't expect the amount of emotional investment that I ended up getting from it. Especially with Amanda, as you mentioned. Especially because, like, I don't want kids. I do not want kids on any level. I don't want anyone else's kids. No. But y- you end up having such a great relationship with her, and I really enjoyed that aspect. Yeah.
3: I think that these simulators, having never played one before... Are really interesting in terms of building social scripts, Mm -hmm. like bonding scripts, like how people like can interact. And there was just and having like the playful banter and dialogue that existed not only between um, you and the other dads, but also between you and Amanda. It has the capacity to socialize a person in terms of how to orient themselves within dating a specific category. So, like within dating in the in the gay sphere, in like the sphere of like dads and stuff like that it was this hilarious moment we were playing. There's a moment where um, Amanda, I think you're at the mall or something, and she goes, uh, oh, I, you know, I left them on red. And I I stopped for a minute. I turned to my friend. I was like, what does that mean, on red? He explains, <laughs> you know, when you're using the iMessage or whatever. And then I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And then I clicked to the next screen, and my character's like, what does that mean, on red? And I was like, okay, well, I'm just, I'm just my character now. Um, so... Another uh, takeaway was, I think I'm going to be more conscientious now uh, when I'm hanging out with people wondering if I'm being graded in the same way that I was throughout <laughs> these dates. Like, am I being evaluated now with, during my hangouts? Like, I think I'm, I'm going to be more, a little bit more self-conscious after playing this game. But yeah, I feel like I want to see more of these games, which is now as like a, an adult man, I feel like is a weird position to be in.
0: Yeah, no, I totally... I want to check out that one that Eitan had mentioned coming out on top. Mm-hmm. Not just because it's super sexual, but I want to see more in this genre.
3: Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, Travis. <laughs> How about you, Travis? Any any closing thoughts, remarks?
0: No, I, I think it's just such a, a wonderful testament to what's going on in the indie sphere. Like, guys, this game was worth the 20 bucks that I spent. 100% and you're seeing a lot of queer games come out of the indie sphere because they have the room to maneuver with this and they can actually get queer people to talk about these experiences. So be willing to check out indie games, be willing to check out the the queer games that you're seeing there.
2: Yeah. I'm championing indie games so hard lately just for representation. Like I've been craving representation for so long and indies are like giving it to me and triple A's are absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But
0: uh, we're going to try to do a balance of both on this podcast. We're going to try to, you know, Feel it all out. Um, If you guys want to check out the itch.io bundle, the racial justice bundle that came out, there's a lot of great queer representation in there. There's one called Dungeons and Lesbians that I'm so excited to check out. I haven't (laughs) seen yet. But uh, yeah, there's a lot. So uh, check it out. So before we go, uh, Mike, what you playing?
3: I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm just mostly playing Smash Bros and Overwatch like usual. Nice, I, n- nothing interesting. But I am going to be returning to Final Fantasy VII because I think we're doing that for our next episode.
1: Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. I'm so
0: excited. Aton, that's what you're working on right now, right?
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm on chapter 14 of the FF 7 remake right now. Really, really enjoying it. Great little nostalgia blast from the past. And uh, once I finish that, I think I'll uh, wrap up my uh, Mass Effect journey and uh, and get into Mass Effect 3 again. Awesome.
2: Yeah. Andrew, what you playing? Eitan and I seem to be the same person right now because I'm also on chapter 14 of the Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 remake and about <laughs> to move into Mass Effect 3. Hey. What's happening? <laughs> wow. Uh- <laughs> um, I think I'm enjoying 7 a little bit less than the people who are glowingly excited about it, but I'm having a great time. Like I have weaknesses of the game for me, but I'm also like it has drawn me in and I'm enjoying it. And the nostalgia is present. I'm also about to finish up my first playthrough ever of the Witcher 3. So that's the other one I've been working on.
0: Very cool. Um, I myself uh, haven't been playing a lot. I went up to the cottage for a week with actually with a We had a great time uh, all within our social yeah. bubble for anyone who's curious. And it's all following guidelines. But uh, what was fun was uh, getting to play Dungeons & Dragons because I don't have a ton of experience with that. Oh, yeah, you told me yeah. about that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm actually getting into that. I'm building a character for another campaign right now, uh, which has been really cool. Kevin and I are doing the same now. Oh, okay. I'm I'm going to talk to you after this podcast mm-hmm. is done. I have I have some questions for you. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us as always. Mike, thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you in a few weeks for Final Fantasy VII Remake.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Aton, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me yet again.
0: <laughs> always. You know you're always welcome back here. And
2: Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Like, this is the podcast I think i secretly dreamed of because it's gay and i love that so yes <laughs> <laughs> or come back anytime yeah
0: absolutely all right well thank you so much everyone we'll see you in a few weeks for a final fantasy 7 remake this has been rainbow road if you like this episode follow us on twitter at rainbow road pod or get in touch with us for future episodes at rainbow road podcast at gmail.com and a big thank you to all of our guests today and our producer matt Kenar. Thanks for listening to Rainbow Road.